0: It's been quite difficult because, like, uh, we are in a, like, position uh, uh, in uh, like in a helpless situation.
1: Good Samaritans rushed to help after a car crash. Why police are now treating it as a homicide investigation amid a chaotic Halloween weekend. Plus.
2: We have had a, a curfew in effect and uh, a closure of the communities.
1: The B.C. community in lockdown after a COVID-19 outbreak forcing an emergency meeting today and... It brings to life some of our history, uh, and that's what's special. How Vancouver's new storytelling center aims to be a permanent reminder of the city's Chinatown pioneers.
3: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: Good evening and thanks for joining us. It was a true Halloween fright night for police in Vancouver Saturday. They were overwhelmed with calls including to the city's 14th homicide of the year, a fatal hit and run, and an out of control party at a west side mansion. And because of that, the VPD is beefing up its presence for Halloween night. Kamil Karmali has our top
4: story. What looks like a serious collision in this residential neighborhood Saturday night turned out to be something much more. Vancouver police are now treating it as a homicide investigation.
0: Person dying in front of you is a very bad thing.
4: Jaswind Sira and his roommate heard a loud crash around 11 p.m. near their home on Fraser Street and East 55th Avenue. They went out to see a male leaving the turned-over vehicle. He was covered in blood.
0: He was bleeding actually. He was like his hand was bleeding and his leg was bleeding.
4: They saw two more men inside the van. Both appeared unconscious. They called 911 and then tried to help them out of the vehicle, but say it was impossible.
0: It's been quite difficult because, like, uh, we are in a like position, not uh, in a, like in a helpless situation. So it likes like kind of uh, heart wrenching.
4: One of those men has now died in hospital. Police believe those in the car were confronted by people in another vehicle a few blocks away. The injuries likely took place during that confrontation before the men got into the van and crashed it. The cause of death was not a result of uh, the collision. Police say this homicide investigation is one of multiple incidents throughout the Halloween weekend that has the VPD stretched incredibly thin. Police are also investigating a fatal hit and run that took place Saturday night around 10.20 p.m. near East Broadway and Commercial Drive. The driver ran his Acura into a 66-year-old woman. She died in hospital. The suspect sped away from the scene. A 30-year-old man from Surrey was eventually arrested. Police are looking at speed and alcohol as factors. Officers also contending with a lot of chaos and disorder over the weekend, especially along the Granville Entertainment District. This weekend has been particularly challenging for us. VPD say they had increased the number of officers on duty going into the weekend, but were not prepared for the amount of calls that came flooding in. A number of sex assaults and a number of uh, serious assaults, things like stabbings, uh, bottlings, um, aggravated assaults that occurred in other areas of the city. All of these investigations require a significant amount of resources. And quite simply, um, we're trying to hold the line. That includes a massive house party at this West Point Gray home where the cleanup continued Sunday. More than 100 guests resulting in numerous calls to police and paramedics. We were called in that case to assist with crowd control because there was a a, a large group of people that was at this party. Police say they're still tallying up all the calls they received this Halloween weekend. But so far, it's already been the busiest since the pandemic began. Kamala Karmali, Global News.
1: RCMP are investigating a frightening overnight attack in Burnaby that sent a woman to hospital. Police say it happened Saturday morning around 3 a.m. in the area of Millbrook Lane and Bellfriar Drive near Lowheed and North Road. A 73-year-old woman left her home to investigate a noise outside when she was attacked and knocked to the ground. The man took off and the woman was taken to hospital and treated for cuts and other non-life-threatening injuries. Anyone with information or dashcam video of the area between 2 and 4 a.m. is being asked to call police. A Garda World Security Company employee has been killed and another injured in a crash in Surrey. It happened on Highway 1 at the 192nd Street exit Saturday afternoon. Two Garda World employees were involved. One did not survive. The other was taken to hospital. Garda World says it is cooperating with police as the investigation continues. And a serious incident in Abbotsford involving a teenager. The police chief tweeting out that a 16-year-old boy was hit and dragged by a car, his head lodged under the back tire. Fortunately, the chief says three officers lifted that vehicle off the victim and he will be okay. The driver is under investigation for what, though, police are not saying. And a warning for parents to ensure their kids don't get a scary surprise in their trick-or-treat bags tonight. The concern is that cannabis edibles that look like candy could be handed out. As Grace Key reports, the alert comes as police in Delta announced charges in connection to drugs that were allegedly given to children under 10 years of age.
5: So we have a bunch of different products in here. Evergreen Cannabis
6: Store in West 4th in Vancouver has a display of their edible sweets. As per federal law, you'll
5: notice the packaging and products don't
6: appeal to young children.
5: So it's supposed to be childproof. You're not supposed to be able to get into it easy. Even if you do manage to rip the top part off, you still have to get into the package itself, which is very difficult for weak, small fingers. A lot of uh, adults actually struggle to get into them as well. Um, But as well as that, basically, they're nice, small, and compact. You usually only have anywhere from two to four gummies per package. Um, and again, you want to really focus on that government tax stamp on it as well, just to make sure you're actually ingesting legal products.
6: This past summer, five children, all under 10 years old, were taken to a Victoria hospital after accidentally eating THC-laced gummies, made to look like the popular Sour Patch Kids. And more recently, two people are now facing drug-related charges after Delta Police seized thousands of illegal edibles in a home. The investigation started after an alert parent found edibles wrapped in cartoon-style packaging in two children's bags last Halloween.
5: If you see any of that, it's not licensed products, so you want to stay away from anything that looks like normal candies because you don't really know what's in it. Keep it locked away, keep it out of reach. Thankfully, there's a lot of safeguards with the packaging now, so if it does get into your children's hands, it's very unlikely that they'll get into it.
6: Happy Halloween. Delta Police aren't the only ones Reminding parents to be vigilant. This weekend marks the third Halloween since Canada legalized cannabis edibles. BC's public safety minister is also urging cannabis consumers and parents of trick or treaters to make sure no one gets a scary surprise this weekend. Grace Key, Global News. The health-sick
1: First Nation is confronting a COVID 19 outbreak despite a travel ban and a self isolation requirement. The Heltzik territory is centered in Bella Bella on the central coast. There are currently nine cases in the town and one on nearby Denny Island. That's out of a population of a little more than 1,200 people. Late last week, the community set up a mass COVID-19 testing site with more than 500 samples sent to Vancouver. The infections coming despite a 94% vaccination
2: rate. We are a rural community. We have one hospital and, you know, we're into the fall weather. It's a beautiful day today, but that, you know, changes really quickly. So, you know, our, our fears have always been around how we're going to get our people to, um, you know, medical care in Vancouver should they require it. So we're really trying to make sure that the safety measures are, are um, intact so we could really stamp this out as, as quickly as we can.
1: Dr. Bonnie Henry and Health Minister Adrian Dix are set to provide a COVID-19 update in the morning. With more on what we can expect, let's bring in Legislative Bureau Chief Keith Baldry from Victoria now. Hey, Keith, so any idea what they might announce?
7: Yeah, it's an unusual briefing for Monday morning. Usually these occur on Tuesdays in the afternoon. But we're going to learn more about the number of people unvaccinated in the healthcare system and the rescheduling surgery, surgeries as a result. Many nurses and doctors are not vaccinated. As of Friday, 3,700 workers in general, which include nurses and, and janitorial and all sorts of workers in the healthcare system, were unvaccinated, therefore cannot work. And almost 400 medical staff, which include a lot of doctors, are not vaccinated. So we're going to get updated numbers on those tomorrow. How many surgeries are going to have to be rescheduled as a result. Also, an update on what's going on in long-term care when it comes to third doses.
1: And Keith, we're getting a better look tonight at the breakdown of vaccinated versus unvaccinated in the ICU. What are the key numbers there?
7: Yeah, so I was going to show this on Friday night. These are Friday night stats. And again, the the pattern has not changed for weeks. If you're unvaccinated, you're going to pay a very heavy price. So 156 people in ICUs across BC, 84%, 131 of them not vaccinated. So again, those people are on ventilators. They're seriously ill. And that's where a number of our deaths are occurring. We've been averaging six to seven people dying a day of COVID-19. Generally older people, but some people are in their 30s, uh, more than a dozen in the last month and a half or so and many of them are unvaccinated people in the icus when it comes to a younger people i was mentioning 38 people under the age of 50 not vaccinated right now uh, again that number will be updated tomorrow but not at the briefing tomorrow morning those numbers will be coming out in the afternoon
1: all right keith i want to ask you specifically about the health of one individual the thoughts of british Columbians have been on premier john mm-hmm. horgan who is recovering at home tonight after his biopsy surgery on friday any update on how he's doing
7: yeah, I've been texting him and talking to his staff. He's resting comfortably at home in Langford here, just outside Victoria. Uh, if you recall, on Friday night, he texted me he was ordering orange jello for dinner because, with mm. a throat, he couldn't take anything more than that other than liquids. He texted me on Saturday praising the help he got, the support he's getting around uh, the province and general public, but reporting it was red jello, not orange jello. <laughs>
1: Well, glad to hear his sense of humor is still very much intact. Our thoughts, of course, continue to be with him. And if he's watching right now, maybe this will bring him a smile. We have to show this. A young Dr. Bonnie Henry impersonator who apparently (laughs) follows the COVID-19 health updates very closely. Take a look.
8: Oh, Keith Baldry. A question about trick-or-treating? Okay. Remember our safety precautions. Let's wash our hands and use hand sanitizer. Let's keep it outside in small groups and wear your mask. Parents, let's keep our distance from the unvaccinated children. Let's use shoots and tongs to deliver the goodies. Remember to be kind, be calm, be safe. Keith Baldry, do you have a follow-up that is not like your other question? <laughs> She's running a tight
7: ship on the Q&A there. Yeah, she's obviously been watching the briefings. Her name is Claire (laughs) Pullhouse. She's nine years old. She goes to Surrey Central Elementary in Cloverdale. I've been called out by her and I think if she's in any uh, costume uh, contest, I think she's a clear winner. Good for her.
1: She might have a future in acting as well. (laughs) All right. Thanks for that, Keith. Happy Halloween to you. You too. While the North Shore's e-bike fleet may need a recharge after recent thefts, Global News has learned that up to 20 batteries have been stolen from Lime e-bikes in North Vancouver. The bike share company says battery theft has recently become an issue and it's working with local authorities to prevent future loss and bring the perpetrators to justice. The city of North Vancouver is leading a two-year pilot on the e-bike share system. This past summer, the districts of North and West Vancouver joined the project. A young couple did the right thing outside of a Surrey SkyTrain station recently, jumping in to help save a man's life. But while they were doing that, just a few meters away, they were getting ticketed. As Paul Johnson tells us, though, there's been a happy ending to the story.
9: We were parked right here, and I want to say the whole incident was happening just over there.
3: What a day it was for Kalen Borden and his partner Haley going to pick up some friends at the Surrey Central Skytrain station Friday when they noticed a man down and clearly in distress.
9: When I got to him, something was clearly wrong. He was laying down beside his bike. He was turning blue in the face. He was
3: turning cold. Haley called 911 and Kalen sprung into action with everything he knows about resuscitation. For the next... 15 to 20
9: minutes, we gave him several naloxone injections. We performed CPR on him with the help of a few helpful passers by
3: And it worked. Minutes later, he was up and talking to the paramedics now on scene. Kalen and Haley then resumed their day.
9: But when we returned to our car, we had a parking ticket situated in our car for the incident happening less than 30 feet away.
3: Hardly the recognition one expects from a good Samaritan act. While Kalen gets it that the ticket writer may have been unaware of what was going on, it's still stunned. Sharing his disappointment on social media, he had many sympathizers.
9: There was a little bit of frustration there, I'm not going to lie. Um, it
8: was kind of funny. It was, but it,
9: was, it, was, it was a bit funny at the same time. You know, we were just trying to do it. Do our good deed for the day, and we come back to a ticket.
3: Well, cities and private parking lots are notoriously obstinate when contacted about emergencies and extenuating circumstances. Global News reached out to Diamond Parking Sunday. They agreed with Kalen and said ticket dismissed. Though Kalen wouldn't think about doing it any differently if it happened again.
9: I'd take the ticket any day. I, I would like. I yeah. would. I'd rather take
3: the ticket than lose someone. <laughs> Paul Johnson, Global News.
1: After the break, residents react to racist graffiti.
10: And it's very upsetting for us in this neighbourhood to have swastikas painted on.
1: The Kelowna restaurant targeted and what police are saying about it. Plus...
0: There's a story in every one of them, you know, they're collecting.
1: How the new Chinatown Storytelling Centre is showcasing resilience against racism. Residents in the Glenmore neighborhood of Kelowna are shaken up after racist graffiti was spray-painted on a Korean restaurant early Saturday.
11: Yasmin Gandam has the story. It's really upsetting. To- people in the community showing their support for Bonga Korean cuisine in Kelowna's Glenmore neighborhood. Racist imagery of a swastika and the words, No China spray-painted across the outside windows have people incredibly hurt.
10: My wife is of Chinese descent. Ethan's cousin's family has relatives, you know, from Vietnam, who, all of whom have been in this country for generations, as long as our quote-unquote white family has been. And it's just, we come here, this is our neighbourhood, we live just up the road, Uh, we come here all the time to eat. Uh, And it's very upsetting for us in this neighbourhood to have swastikas painted on, on, and racial slurs painted on restaurants.
11: Police are currently looking into the racially motivated graffiti and have determined it happened around 5.30 in the morning on Saturday by a man wearing a mask and dark clothing. RCMP releasing a statement saying the imagery and words spray-painted in this incident are racist. Hate crimes and hate-motivated criminal activity have no place in our community and our officers are working diligently to identify this suspect. Kelowna Mayor Colin Bazran also releasing a statement saying this vile act offers us an opportunity for us to all stand together and show that one small-minded person with a container of spray paint does not represent our community.
10: This is my wife's community, this is my son's community, and we cannot stand by and let these racist idiots do this kind of thing and make people not feel welcome in their own home. It's, you, as you can tell, it's very upsetting to me, but imagine how it is for my wife. Imagine how upsetting it is for the poor people who run this restaurant, for kids, for, for kids in my son's class who are Asian. I mean, it's one thing for me to be upset, but imagine how upsetting it is for them.
11: Anyone with information is asked to contact the Kelowna RCMP. Yasmin Gantam, Global News. After years of
1: hard work, the Vancouver Chinatown Foundation will officially open its Chinatown Storytelling Centre this Friday. It's the first permanent cultural space of its kind in Canada and will feature more than 150 stories of early Chinese immigrants whose resilience against racism helped shape Chinatown. Kristen Robinson
0: has a preview. I don't know how many thousands of those are Chinese yeah. put in.
8: From Canadian Pacific Railway spikes to a more than century old mahjong set.
0: When we were growing up, we see my uh, parents, or their uncles, or we'll be sitting there playing mahjong every night.
8: Dr. Wallace Chung, seeing his history of struggle and hope brought to life at the Chinatown Storytelling Center. It brings back
0: old memories.
8: Inspired by a poster of a CPR steamship in his father's tailor shop in Victoria, he started collecting newspaper clippings as a child.
0: After a while, of course, my uh, parents and uh, uncles have read the paper, but occasionally I couldn't wait. <laughs> I would cut it out anyway, and I, and I got hecked for it many times, but, but it was worth it.
8: Chung, who became the first Chinese-Canadian surgeon appointed to UBC Hospital, ...and VGH, continued amassing artifacts. In 1999, he and his late wife, Madeline, BC's first female obstetrician-gynecologist, donated his more than 25,000-item collection to UBC. It's considered a national treasure.
0: There's a story in every one
12: of them.
8: Francis Lim remembers an era when merchant Yip Sang had three wives and 23 children.
12: So they all lived in one building, but let's say floor number one went to in you know, the rest with the first wife and the second third. The men would laugh so oh, I like a nice Chinese girl like you to marry I says you can forget it one wife only.
8: After serving in the second World War her brother Bing Wong became Vancouver's first Chinese accountant, starting in his basement and later moving to a storefront on Pender Street.
12: It was amazing because he doesn't speak Chinese but I do uh, I'm fluent in Chinese and English.
8: Lim, who learned Cantonese as a child, says Wong's Chinese-speaking staff ended up interpreting for him.
12: I was the youngest, so I, was th- I used to be very resentful. I would like to play with my friends after school. So as soon as school was over, I ran home, had a quick snack, and came down for two hours of t- going to Chinese school, reading, writing, and speaking. <laughs>
8: As a veteran, Wong helped found the Chinese-Canadian Military Museum.
13: I
0: Very few
3: people know what we have done. And now we are telling our story before it's too late.
2: I mean, when you look at the picture, it's really quite scary. Eh? By
8: the 1960s, parts of Strathcona were being demolished. But Shirley
2: Chan's mother put up a fight. She was um, passionate, passionate. Um, Fiery, and uh, really believed in fighting injustice.
8: Mary Lee Chan and her daughter helped rally the neighborhood against a planned freeway through Chinatown that would have connected the Georgia Viaduct to Highway 1. It was terrifying, the fight initially. They organized protests and held community meetings over tea at their home. The Strathcona Property Owners and Tenants Association was formed,
2: and the feds listened. We were invited as a community to sit down at the table with three levels of government to negotiate an agreement. That was unheard of.
8: These plates served the grassroots win in the freeway fight.
2: It reminds people that there is a history and how this community could be very different. This would be a big black hole in many ways.
0: With the passage of time, you see how fortunate we are to be finally accepted so let us look at the past as something that's unfortunate but we can forgive
8: kristen robinson global news incredible looking forward to checking it out myself coming
1: up if you missed it we'll look at a view of the northern lights last night plus
12: the airline staff told us uh our bags went in they're like oh your flight just got cancelled
1: Why American Airlines canceled hundreds of flights this weekend and the group from the lower mainland caught up in the chaos, also ahead. How many people are injured after a brutal attack on a crowded train in Tokyo?
3: We were looking uh, pretty good on the Iron Workers Memorial Bridge when we got up here. It wasn't, it was backed all the way up to Lonsdale and moving pretty slow, but now we are moving top speed across the bridge deck and only good news here. Need winter tires and no time for appointments? Drop by Mr. Lube, drop by Mr. Lube and enjoy stay-in-your-car tire service on your schedule. No appointment needed. Mr. Lube is ready when you are. From the Global Traffic Helicopter, I'm Jackson McNulty.
1: Several people are hurt following a brutal attack on board a Tokyo train. One man is in critical condition and 17 others are injured after being hit by an acid and a knife attack. The incident took place as many people were headed to the city for Halloween gatherings. The attack caused havoc on board the train with people jumping out of windows to safety. The 24-year-old suspect, dressed in a Batman Joker costume, was taken into custody. Climate change was front and centre at the G20 summit today with Prince Charles giving a bleak warning to world leaders.
2: It is also impossible not to hear the despairing voices of young people who see you, ladies and gentlemen, as the stewards of the planet.
1: The 72-year-old setting out his arguments ahead of the climate summit in Glasgow. He described COP26 as the last chance saloon and that it is now time to translate words into action. He also said the future of humanity and nature is at stake and emphasized the need for urgent action. One of the world's largest airlines is facing massive delays this weekend due to weather and staffing shortages. American Airlines canceling more than 1,000 flights, leading to long lines at airports right across the country, particularly at the airline's global hub in Dallas. The airline says the cancellations were partly caused by severe weather that hit North Texas this week, Staffing issues are also playing a role with mandatory vaccination rules now in place for employees.
4: Uh, our bags went in, they're like, oh, your flight just got cancelled. And uh, we said, well, what, what's going on? Is it weather? And they said, well, it's uh, some pilots and staff aren't showing up it's because of the vaccination requirements. And uh, the staff were actually, the staff were there that were there were actually pretty upset because they're on the front lines and they have to deal with the repercussions of uh, their colleagues not showing up.
1: Ajla is among a group of lower mainland residents who got caught up in the chaos. They are commending the work of staff and pilots who did show up to work. The airline says most affected customers are being rebooked the same day. Well, if you weren't able to catch a glimpse of the northern lights from where you are, check out the spectacle in the sky in Iceland. A magnetic storm brought about a breathtaking show as the aurora borealis created a fitting eerie green glow over the Halloween weekend. The storm is a result of a solar flare and the ejection of plasma and magnetic field from the sun. The northern lights could be seen across some parts of Canada, Alaska and a portion of the northern U.S. Coming up next, another benefit of easing COVID rules bc charities like Canuck place hosting fundraisers once again a look at the impact of the gift of time gala ahead
14: you're watching global news hour at six
1: and for the second year in a row we are bringing you midge's halloween costume countdown it's an annual tradition for our former global bc producer olivia Moit, who now lives in prince rupert hi olivia Midge debuting this season's haunting series as the log lady from Twin Peaks. Next up, the Rottweiler crosses macabre take on a culinary legend, Gulia Child. Oh, amazing. Followed by a look inspired by dancer, singer, and YouTube star, Jojo Siwa. Oh, one of my favorites right there. And a samba dance as the Brazilian bombshell, Carmen Miranda. And on the eve of the big night, Midge reappeared in the 23rd century as Lilu from The Fifth Element. And finally, Hello Possums. Gigastar Dame Edna Everidge wishing all her fans <laughs> a happy Halloween. Oh, we miss you, Olivia. Thank you for still bringing a part of the joy to our newsroom and our viewers across BC who must be wondering whether they need to bundle up over those Halloween costumes tonight. Absolutely. floating head. Floating head.
13: Floating head (laughs) forecast for everyone tonight. So happy Halloween. If you're still (laughs) heading out for the trick-or-treaters, it's dry, clear conditions right across the board. And we're seeing that uh, for all areas across the province. But do bundle up, especially with those temperatures. Overnight tonight, will dip down to closer to two. So it is chilly, but clear out there as we get in towards uh, midnight and overnight tonight. Now, here's a quick glance at your trick-or-treat forecast for a few other spots across the province. Along the north coast, sitting at around 6 degrees at around 7. For the Okanagan, we'll dip down below the freezing mark, and it's chilly for areas in the central interior as we dip down to minus 3. A few other spots across the province, so it is cool out there, especially with the clear skies. We'll continue to see dry conditions overnight, and then the next weather maker is going to push in across the province. And this is what we're tracking. This frontal system here see if I can get around it with my head, uh, is going to move in across the southern half of the province. And we are going to be tracking a change on the way. And this will be for our Monday. So overnight, an increase in cloud cover. We do have a dry start to the morning, and then it's by the afternoon that cloud cover moves in, and then we are looking at the rain, especially for the afternoon, leading in towards the evening and then a bit unsettled. We've got a series of systems that will move in across the province. Now, the northern half of the province will see dry conditions. Temperatures will be into the double digits, up to 11 degrees. Much of the central interior will be sitting at 3, and then as we look towards the southern half of the province, dry start to the morning, an increase in cloud cover. By the evening hours on Monday, we could see a few isolated Flurries in the mix and leading in towards Tuesday, but not much in terms of accumulation. All areas across the South Coast will have some sunshine, dry for the morning, but do grab your umbrella and some of your grain gear. We are going to see that rain beginning for the afternoon and then continuing towards the evening. Highs will be up to 12 degrees uh, for Metro Vancouver areas. Uh, into the Fraser Valley, closer to 13 degrees. And here is your floating head forecast, five-day forecast. So for tomorrow, dry start and then unsettled. But temperatures will be into the double digits over the next few days. The next round of heavier rain likely Tuesday and leading in towards Wednesday. (laughs) Nithu?
1: We miss seeing your fingers help us guide through the forecast. (laughs) Thanks for that, Yvonne. There is another upside to the easing of pandemic restrictions. Many BC charities are now able to hold fundraising events. Canuck Place Children's Hospice is hosting the 17th annual Gift of Time Gala. The event went virtual last year because of the pandemic. Proceeds from Saturday night's event will go to support pediatric palliative care. Among the attendees was Sharon Bulger, who lost her son Cameron to cancer last year. She says Canuck Place was there for her when she needed it most.
8: We get to build Cameron's legacy in this way, and he was such a uh, had such a heart to give back and to impact his community. And so, this is just us feeling like we can kind of live out some of those hopes and dreams for him, and help other families that are currently walking through those really hard days.
1: This year, more than 400 people gathered at Park Vancouver. The event, hosted by Global BC's very own Chris Galis. All right, and Barry DeLay is joining myself and most of Yvonne over there in
14: that box. Yeah, I'm all here, unfortunately. They, they, they <laughs> wanted to do it the opposite for me where they block my head
13: out. Oh, uh, no. It was not just quite. too big. It didn't work. <laughs> Actually, I should have been. we should have had a head on each other's block, like swapped around that oh, way, too. Oh, that would have been fun. Maybe <laughs> next year. Sounds like
14: a freaky Friday.
13: <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, all right,
14: Barry, what do you have coming up? Well, Seahawks uh, were looking for a win. First one without Russell Wilson, and they got it against Jacksonville. Had they lost this one, I know the Seahawks have uh, very loyal fans, but I could see a lot of people jumping off the bandwagon if they didn't win. But they did with Geno Smith at quarterback, so highlights of uh, that all coming up. And uh, Atlanta Braves can win the World Series tonight. We'll have early highlights from Game 5.
1: All right, thanks for that, Barry. Also ahead, a Global News exclusive. And was shocked that um, he didn't say anything about an apology. What to Kamloop's cookie Roseanne Kasmir is saying about a papal visit to Canada as she gets set to travel to the Vatican with a delegation in December. As a Canadian delegation of Indigenous leaders gets set to travel to the Vatican in less than two months, the Vatican announced this week Pope Francis is planning to come to Canada for reconciliation. But in an exclusive interview with Global News, to Kamloops to Roseanne Kazmir says she was shocked over what was missing in that commitment of a papal visit. Here's more from that sit-down at our Global News studio in Burnaby on Friday. And a warning, the contents of this interview may be distressing for some viewers. So, Cook P. Roseanne, what was your reaction to hear the
2: verbal commitment from the Pope of making a visit to Canada? Well, I had some really mixed feelings about it. Mm. One being is, you know, a meaningful apology. Mm. And, you know, if there was, you know, an opportunity for that. Um, Two, if he was going to, you know, be able to come to Kamloops and to, you know, visit the the site of the 215 and, you know, We were the first to have the GPR work and have those findings. And so, you know, our hope is that he does come to Kamloops. Um, I also understand and was shocked that um, he didn't say anything about an apology. And how important would a meaningful apology be to
1: survivors to get closure and move on from grief and trauma to healing?
2: He's made apologies, you know, throughout the world, but not in Canada yet. And so I think it would be something that would be a meaningful step moving in that direction. And, you know, I also wanted to recognize, too, that, you know, although he does, and hopefully he does give that meaningful apology when he does come to Canada, but, you know, there's going to be more work that's going to be taken, you know, within the local levels, you know, with the local diocese as well, and that, um, you know... um, on those relationships and building them because many of our people are still practicing Catholicism. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for many, this has really impacted, you know, individuals' faiths as well. And, you know, we know that he's not individually, you know, individually the one that's responsible, but it was under the direction. So we want to have that, those acknowledgements moving forward for our people. I think it's crucial especially at this pivotal, you know, this time. And Cookby Roseanne, finally,
1: if you could imagine yourself face-to-face with the Pope, what message would you want to get across?
2: The message I want to get across, if I have that opportunity, um, I would want to, you know, share with him the the painful traumas that has impacted our people, Mm -hmm. the importance of receiving the documents, you know, to be able to, you know, provide some closure for our families and to, you know, give them the support that they need as we go through this year's journey. We have a long ways to go, and this year would be, you know, a crucial part of information that would help the families to be able to move forward. And that, you know, he does come to Kamloops, he does come to Canada, he does provide a meaningful apology and you know I think that is crucial.
1: Cook P. Roseanne, thank you so much for this. We know these stories are distressing for some of our viewers. If you or someone you know needs support, you can call the number on your screen, 1-866-925-4419. The crisis line operates 24-7. All and right, still ahead, taking Halloween to the water. The first ever Halloween Witch Paddle taking place this weekend. We'll tell you what it's all about next.
14: miss cornucopia whistler's fall celebration of food and drink happening in november let your taste buds indulge at signature events featuring winery dinners culinary demos and more WhistlerCornucopia.com for details this december head to surrey for an enchanting holiday lights extravaganza for all ages blue magica is an outdoor indoor global holiday experience where you can follow a one kilometer light walk with magical interactive displays animation and photo opportunities for our bc i'm michael newton if you wanna know, on the house. If you wanna show, on the house. If you wanna go. On the Global BC Community Hub. Navigate your now.
1: Alright, Barry's back with a full look at sports and unfortunately an injury to tell you about.
14: Uh, well, we're going to talk a bit about the injury, but it didn't affect the uh, Seahawks today. I think you're talking about Russell Wilson here. His injured finger is healing. He should be back in a few weeks. But until then, Geno Smith is at the helm. And so far, well, it's been a disaster. Seahawks haven't won since Wilson went down, and their playoff hopes are fading. But today, a great opportunity to snap their three-game losing streak against the sad sack Jacksonville Jaguars. Geno Smith 0-2 as a starter, but should be be able to have more success against the one in five jags and first quarter gino this is more like it. He's got a good arm. Nice rainbow throw here to Tyler Lockett down to the goal line. Originally called a touchdown, but they said down at the 1. Seahawks had trouble getting in the end zone, but on 4th and goal, Gino doing his Tom Brady impression, dives over the top. Ball breaks the plane. It's a touchdown, 7 nothing Seahawks. Then in the second, Smith to DK Metcalf, who makes an incredible athletic play for the touchdown. Smith completed his first 14 passes, longest streak to start start a game in the NFL this year 17 nothing at the half third quarter how confident is Gino a little razzle dazzle here as he finds Tyler Lockett Gino feeling it now and uh, Pete Carroll loving that that his quarterback's got some confidence and that play leads to this Gino's second TD pass of the game to DK Metcalf 24 nothing Seahawks the Jags did get a late to touchdown in the fourth to break the shutout but then they tried the onside kick attempt and Travis Homer fields it and takes it all the way back for the touchdown. Hey, it's fun winning, even if it's against one of the worst teams in the NFL. 31-7 the final. Seahawks' first home win this season. They improved to 3-5. and five. Meanwhile, L.A. Rams taking on Houston. Matthew Stafford in L.A. looking to join Arizona at the top of the NFC West. They dominated. Stafford hitting Robert Woods 24-0. L.A. at half. Third quarter, Stafford do his favorite target, Cooper Cup. This is his 10th touchdown of the season. Rams led 38-0, coasted 38-22, and they do move into a tie with Arizona at 7-1 and atop the NFC West. Tom Brady and the Bucs at New Orleans, a team that's given Brady and the Bucks trouble in recent games. Tampa fell behind 23-7, but Brady rallies them and take the lead when he finds a wide-open Cyril Grayson 50-yard touchdown. Brady's fourth TD pass of the game. He leads the NFL with 25 in just eight games, but the Saints came back to take the lead. Brady had time to come back, but he's picked off by P.J. Williams, who takes it all the way back for the touchdown. Brady with two picks and a lost fumble. The Saints beat the Bucs for the third straight regular season game. 36-27. Browns and Steelers from Cleveland. Baker Mayfield banged up with that shoulder, but back starting. Not really effective, though. Ben Roethlisberger hits Abbotsford's Chase Claypool, who just bowls his way through a couple of would-be tacklers. Power move by Chase, who had four catches for 45 yards. That was a 14-yard gain down to the two, and it sets up the game-winning score as Big Ben hits Pat Friermuth, who makes a great play. He bobbled it juggles it but gets both feet down and the steelers beat the browns 15 10 they go to four and three the browns drop to four and four bills and dolphins from buffalo dolphins kept this close into the third but finally josh allen will escape the tackle here and then lob to a wide open gabriel davis for the eight yard touchdown 10-3 buffalo and then the bills put this one away in the fourth allen Doing it all himself, a seven-yard touchdown run. Buffalo now 5-2 and two after beating Miami 26-11 today, the final in Buffalo. All right, let's check out some golf. Final round of the Bermuda Championship where a tropical storm made for tough conditions. Ontario's Taylor Pendrith had a three shot lead entering the day, but by the 16, he was down a shot, but he made this clutch putt at 16 to stay within one of the lead. Par 5, 17th, he has eagled it twice, birdied it once this week, but pressure on Sunday afternoon makes things Didn't like, like this happen even to the best. Pendrith, who can hit it a mile, is usually accurate, but that one finds the water. Still had a chance to make a birdie or a par, but with his second shot, third, with the penalty stroke from 225, and he chunks it, another one into the drink. Costly shot, finished tied fifth. Still won about 250,000, but he could have been about a half million more. Ozzie Lucas Herbert won his first-ever tournament. Adam Spenson of Surrey tied 22nd. Adam Hadwin of Abbotsford tied 46th. Well, a week ago, the Canucks were feeling pretty good about themselves after going 3-2-1 and on their six-game road trip. But it's been a nightmare start to their seven-game homestand. Three straight, one-goal losses, just four goals scored. Next up, the Rangers on Tuesday at Rogers. Last night, the Canucks fell to the Oilers 2-1, another game where they defended well but couldn't finish numerous chances.
10: You know, in order to win hockey games, you got to score goals. Yeah. You know, I think we've been doing really good things defensively and and playing well that way. But at the end of the day, you know, we have to start putting the puck on the net, bearing down and
9: burying our chances. Yeah, I mean, it sucks. sucks losing. Everyone knows that. I don't like losing.
14: Our team doesn't like losing. But I thought we uh, probably took a step in the right direction for, for some of our guys tonight. NHL today, Canadians and Ducks from Anaheim, Montreal off to a miserable start. Brendan Gallagher out six weeks with a fractured thumb earlier this week. They do get a big goal from Jake Evans on a rebound late second to tie it up 2-2. But in the third, Troy Terry is sent in all alone. a Great play by Ryan Gatslap to spring him and Terry makes a great move. And with that point, Gatslap passes Timu Solani to become the Ducks' all-time leading scorer. 989 points. Great pass by Getzlaff for two the final Habs, now 2-8 and eight on the season. Game 5 of the World Series from Atlanta. Braves with a chance to clinch their first title since 1995, and this will help. Bases loaded, bottom of the first for Adam Duvall, and he unloads them. It's a grand slam. Braves get the early jump, but the Astros are getting closer. It's 5-4 Atlanta in the 4th. The University of Northern BC decided to make a change to their sports logo this year. It's an historic design from Indigenous artist Trevor Angus. The story from Jay Janauer.
15: I draw a lot. I do different things. Things come to me quite naturally with a pencil and paper.
7: It's been like that for Trevor Angus since he was first introduced to Indigenous art as a youngster in his hometown of Hazleton. Trevor's fourth grade teacher put a pencil in his hand, and he's been drawing and creating pretty much ever since. But it's his latest work of art that's drawing rave reviews. A reimagining of the University of Northern British Columbia's Timberwolves logo from the viewpoint of a GitScan artist whose work is respected around the world. A logo that transcends sport and the UNBC athletic teams wearing it.
14: To be a Timberwolf is to be greater than oneself. A flame in a bonfire.
15: A dropping. The way I saw it was, um, I thought it was a really good way to respect the territory that the university sits on, right? It's the University of Northern British Columbia, and that's where I'm from, and I was also a student there, so it was such a good fit.
7: Every work of art has a story and deeper meaning to it than initially first meets the eye. Trevor's Timberwolves masterpiece marks the first time a Canadian university or college logo has been designed exclusively by an indigenous
15: artist. I think it symbolizes um, the relationship between the Aboriginal people and the university, which is a really big relationship, for sure. And I also, um, I also had to bring up the fact that my dad and his, um, his uh, clan that he belongs to is the Wolf Clan back home, right? So we have a lot of the what we call Lakhkabu people that are the Wolf Clan. They're very loud and proud, so I always thought that it was such a good fit to begin with. And then I also had the um, the thought that wolves wolves are are a pack animal, right? They work as a team to do what needs to be done. And I always thought that was such a good fit for the university logo.
2: The power of sport is something that you know that I don't think that you can actually put a price tag on. And just the voice that we're being able to to share this the story with, you know the. The reserves around here and across the north, we've got campuses in Terrace and in Fort St. John. And just that connection now, that connecting point that Trevor did a fantastic job with that logo as a UMBC student, as a Gitsan artist. And now there's all these little touch points that people can kind of go, I'm a part of this too.
14: A lot of meaning to the logo on the front for all that uh, students, so good for them.
1: Absolutely. So much that goes into it. Thanks so much for that, Barry. And we'll be right back with a look at the first-ever Halloween Witch Paddleboard event in Nanaimo. Stay with us. tonight, Nanaimo was the scene of the first-ever Halloween Witch Paddle. The Vancouver Island University Students' Union welcoming all witches and warlocks to the event at Westwood Lake. Water witches donned costumes and life jackets, then tried to set sail on a stand-up paddleboard or in a kayak.
8: Well, let's see if we can get on our boards. <laughs> <laughs> I identify with the witches of days gone by, or maybe modern-day witches and the herbs and the magicalness
2: of approaching life from the the wonderful witch side. All
5: my witchy friends invited me.
15: With COVID and everyone being stuck inside, uh, being the outdoor event, I think people are just looking forward to this. And, and that's why people are out here. And people came out because they're missing this.
6: It's nice to see people again without masks.
8: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you ever seen this many witches before? No.
15: Three, two,
13: one, everyone's massive witches! witches! <laughs> Quite the turnout. It looks like a beautiful day for it. Yeah, and it's going to remain dry through the remainder of this evening and then it heads up some rain by tomorrow afternoon.
1: Okay, good to know. Thanks again for the floating head forecast, <laughs> Yvonne. Stay th- safe, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. Jordan will be here at 11.